I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. It is TRB Unleashed. Welcome to The Real Brian Show. I am so excited to be talking with Nico Carvacho, recently graduated basketball great from Colorado State University. He has broken so many records throughout his career. He even broke Kawhi Leonard's double-double record, but he also fought through a really tough season with some unfortunate circumstances, rising above it, committing to see it through, and leaving a legacy for his team, his school, and his fans. This is going to be awesome. Let's rock it! Welcome back. Thanks for joining me here today. Happy Monday. Let's get this week started right. It's The Real Brian Show. I am The Real Brian, and this is an episode of TRB Unleashed. It's all about unleashing superheroes and uh, nerding out with our, our, our fellow guests. Having a good time. I'm really excited. I had the privilege of seeing Nico Carvacho play basketball for the past few years at Colorado State University. His, now, he was there for his entire four years. Well, I guess it was five because, you know, he redshirted. Um, so it was five years, but four years of actual play at CSU. Dude, his growth throughout his time at CSU was just tremendous. It was so fun to watch. In his junior year, he led the entire NCAA in rebounds. That's huge. He broke all Mountain West records in rebounds and double-doubles. And as I mentioned, breaking Kawhi Leonard's double-double record, that's huge. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. He's the only player in the Mountain West Conference history to reach more than 1,000 rebounds in his college career, as well as 1,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. But you know what? Records are cool and all, but Nico is above that. And even he's not even concerned as much about you know breaking records as much as he was about having left a legacy at Colorado State. A couple years ago, CSU basketball went through a tough time. Sarah and I experienced that tough time, sadly. And at one point, Nico was thinking like, might want to transfer schools, you know, play elsewhere, be in a healthier basketball program. He got actually some phenomenal offers, but then he's decided, I'm going to rise above this. I'm going to commit to seeing my career through here at CSU and we're going to win and not just win games, but we're going to win. We're going to beat this situation. We're going to rise above. He helped put the broken pieces of that team back together, helped that team to rise out of the ashes into a phenomenal team. I'm super excited to talk to Nico. He is a cool guy. He's a great basketball player, just someone you want to talk to and hang out with. Nico just graduated in May and is now working towards his future in pro basketball. Let's chat with Nico. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. Dude, thanks for being here. Of course. You know, it's a cool opportunity. I know I've never had to be on a podcast before. So, you know, it's a cool you know, new thing that I'm going to be doing. And, you know, I'm excited for it. Well, yeah. I mean, you've done plenty of interviews, obviously. You've done radio and you've done TV, right? Yeah, yeah. I've done, you know, basically every type of interview you could probably... you know, think of, but you know, this is come new. I've always kind of wanted to do a podcast and yeah. honestly, you know, down the road, I've always thought about, you know, setting my own podcast up. So there you go. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, now's the time, right? Everybody's got oh, a little yeah, extra exactly. time right now. Do something, uh, exactly. do something fun and creative. Yeah. No, that's cool. What, what are you thinking yeah. about if you do a podcast? What would you talk about? 
really anything, you know, life and sports, all the funny stories, uh, you know, college athletes or pro athletes go through and, yeah. you know, just some like the inside, the stuff that, you know, fans or, you know, outside people don't really get to hear about, you know, that type of thing. You know, as a fan, you know, you go, you sit in the stands, you hear what everyone else is saying. And then, of course, you know, you see what like the news is writing and you're like, OK, I started off as a journalism major at Colorado State just getting trained in how to like, you know, write news and stuff like that. And and I remember they were telling me like, you know, get as much truth as you can and then just kind of, you know, make up the rest essentially. And I was like, wait, what are you serious? So, yeah. And I know like I know some of the guys over at CSU sports and athletics and stuff like that. And they were talking about how, yeah, this is what's going on. And then you'll see what's written in the papers. And it's like, yeah, it's not always the same. <laughs> You're just yeah, like, it's not, yeah. come on, man. So no, it's, it's really cool to be able to kind of hear the truth that goes on behind the scenes and stuff. And one of our friends that works in athletics was just talking about the regulations that the NCAA has for athletes and stuff. And I just thought, man, that's really strict and there's just a lot to do. So you get to tell us a little bit about the behind the scenes and stuff too, but I think that'd be a really cool podcast idea too. Yeah. You know, just tell them to, you know, get back to the people. That's right, man. I appreciate that. Well, dude, what are you what are you nerding out on right now? You know what I'm nerding out on right now is just some video games. After basketball, it's just you know you got basketball, you got school, you know all the basketball stuff, the weight room, and all that type of stuff. And yeah. you know now you just go home and you want to chill out, you want to get away from it a little bit, and it's just jump on you know Call of Duty or or Madden or FIFA or 2K, you know a bunch of different games that you have out there you can play with all your friends and yeah. you know kind of get you away from it a little bit, start you know thinking about a little different and. You know, it's definitely just something I'm nerded out on, but you know, with all this virus stuff, it's kind of getting a little too nerdy for me. You need to get out again? Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I feel like I should be on Twitch right now, broadcasting all my stuff I'm doing. That's how bored I am. I understand. Well, that's cool. So uh, are you playing 2K20 NBA? I wasn't a big fan of it, actually. You weren't? This okay. year. Yeah, that's what yeah, I've heard. I kind of, Call of Duty was such a freaking big download. I only have three games downloaded right now because of Call of Duty, so. Yeah. Well, I liked 18. 2K18 was good. I got 2K19 for the PS4, and I thought this is pretty much the exact same thing as 18. It's just updated rosters. But other than that, I was like, I don't think I'm going to go with 20. I heard a lot of negative stuff about it, and I like 19, so I'm sticking with that. So that's where I'm at. I made a, a super team for the Suns. I grew up in Phoenix. So okay, the yeah, Suns are yeah, my yeah. team. and I'm a my player type of guy. You know, I got into it a lot yeah. last year with Dion and Chris and, and Anthony and all them. They 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 put me on. And I got really into it and I was excited for 2K20. You know, I bought the $100 game because you get a bunch of VC for the oh, My yeah. Player. Yeah. And then you get to the My Player and it was just a disappointment. And, you know, it just feels like a waste of $100. I feel like a lot of games these days are kind of a waste of 100 bucks now. Because, like, I've done that too. Like, I bought the $100 version of 18 and I was just kind of like, ah, you know, it's it's all right. But that seems like that was a lot of money for what you got. Yeah, so. exactly. You know, these gaming companies are smart. They know people are going to buy it. <laughs> That's the thing. I know. I like to wait for the sales these days. I'm like, yeah, wait a little bit. And then it's like, hey, we've got, you know, we're trying to give away the game because no one will buy it. I'm like, cool. I'll buy it for 10 bucks. No problem. Yeah, exactly. Or oh, you, you go cool. to freaking GameStop and you just bought 20 and they're only going to give you $15 for it. Yeah, exactly. Off season, you're just kind of chilling right now. And are you catching up with family, hanging out? Yeah, you know, I got back home, took a little time off, you know, recover mentally, physically from the season. Oh, yeah. Started, you know, getting back out there, you know, running three, four miles and starting to get back in shape and, you know, trying to find anything I can do to, you know, do some weightlifting. And, you know, I got a basketball hoop outside, you know, continue to, you know, work on my game and get better. That's right, man. Free throws, man. Free throws are tough. 
I know you were struggling with them at the beginning of the season. I just had this random thought. I'm like, I'm wondering if like, because this is what I used to do. I'd be sitting there. I'd be shooting free throws in a game and I would just kind of like I'd pause and then I would shoot and I'd miss and I'd be like, what if I just stopped pausing and just started just grab the ball, dribble, shoot. And I noticed like you started doing that and you started making your shots and I thought that's awesome. Were you out shooting around and practicing those or what? What changed it? I was so impressed, man. Oh, yeah. You know, I was just, you know, shooting hundreds of free throws a day after practice with, wow. you know, the coaches. And I always had confidence in it, even though when I was missing, like, I, I know I could, you know, you ask the coaches and I'll go 19 for 20 or 22 for 25 after practice. And, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things that once you get in the game, you got to, you know, clear your mind. And, you know, towards the end of the season, it was just like, you know what, bro, like, you know, last season, I'm about to just go out there and have fun and, yeah. and you know, just shoot these free throws the way I shoot them in practice. And I even think about it, it's just so natural. And, you know, just have fun with it. That's awesome. You just wrapped up your final season at Colorado State. It was amazing. I hope you're celebrating the victory of what you've accomplished. I mean, I hope you were able to at least come and do that. I know everything got cut short with the, you know, the whole virus and everything like that. I mean, at least you got to do the Mountain West tournament. That was awesome. But I know some of the other postseason tournament stuff didn't work out for, for anyone, really. You know, it was cool that we had to play, but it, when you look back at it, it's kind of one of those things like, eh, maybe, you know what, maybe we wish we didn't play. You know, you lose to Wyoming and a game yeah. you know we shouldn't have lost but you know it was cool to get back out there in vegas and i guess walk off that court for you know one last time the way i did yeah. and you know it definitely sucked and you know it stuck with me but you know you look back at your career my goodbye letter and you know it was tough thing to write you know five years of memories a lot of ups and downs a lot of things i had a you know a lot of adversity i had to overcome and yeah. you know but you know i stayed with it and you just look back at all the records i broke all the the first teams and leading the nation and rebounding and just everything I did, you know, you just look back at it and, you know, going into college is definitely not something I would have thought I was able to do. It comes to show that hard work, you know, really does pay off. Yeah. You really did break a lot of records. Were you trying to break those records or was it more of a, you just kept going and going and then all of a sudden you're like, you, you know what I mean? Like, was it a goal of yours or were you just trying to be your best? It was definitely one of those things that I didn't even know. I didn't go with the Colorado State, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to break this record. I'm going to break that record. I'm going to be this and that. You know, it's one of those things that I just played. And, you know, you get closer and closer and everybody like, hey, you might break the, you know, the CSU record. Oh, <laughs> dang, you're about to break the Mount West record. You know, this this record and that record. And you just passed this dude and you just did that. And it was just like, oh, wow. You know, yeah. I didn't even have, it's not like I had it written down on a sheet of paper. It was just one of those things that our media guys would come and tell me or I would see something on Twitter or something like that. And it was just something that, you know, just came to me. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was pretty fun when it was some announcer at some point said like, hey, he just surpassed Kawhi Leonard. And I went, wait, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Awesome. It was, I bet yeah, that it was cool. Good. Yeah, that's cool, man. So what are you hoping to do next? Or do you have do you have plans already? Or are you kind of in that still trying to figure that out? I'm picking an agent right now. You know, it's the first step of, you know, becoming a pro is picking the right agent. With this coronavirus, is, you know, I was messing up a lot of my prior plans of there was a thing called Poor Smith we're all the best seniors in the in the country going, you know, play for three days and in front of scouts, in front of, you know, NBA scouts, pro scouts. And then you have like the NBA workouts. Teams call you in and you work out in front of them. And yeah. Then you got summer league. But, you know, right now it's a different, unfortunate, you know, type of event that's happening. Yeah. But, you know, when you literally look at it, it's a lot deeper than just sports, you know, families and oh, yeah. and people's businesses and everything is getting affected. So, you know, when you look at it, the grand scheme of things, you know, it sucks. Yeah. What really matters in you know, this world, you know, it's kind of like, hey, you know, I'm blessed. You know, I'm still alive. Everybody around me is still alive and, you know, yeah. everybody's healthy. So that's what really matters. Yeah, that's true, man. That's good. And I, I appreciate that perspective. Hey, you know, God has a plan and I'm following it. And nice. I'm just going to grind for it like I do always do. I appreciate that, man. If you had your dream and your wish, what would you do? 
Dreaming of wish that, you know, come whatever, you know, date it is. It used to be June 25th, you know, would hear my name called, you know, at the NBA draft. But hey, yeah. you know, you know, whatever happens, you know, there's different ways to get in the NBA. There's not one. Do everything I can to find that, that loophole or whatever it is to, you know, get in there. Is there a team you would love to play for? Any team that gives me a chance is always my answer. You know, I grew up a Mavs fan, Dirk fan. Nice. But, uh, you know, I always tell people when people ask me, you know, any team LeBron's on. <laughs> There you go. Who's LeBron fan? Well, LeBron is on my Super Suns team. So uh, unfortunately, that's not reality, though. But <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. One thing I'm glad is that, uh, you know, you're coming in as a center. And it's amazing how many, how few centers there are anymore, it seems like. Yeah. You know, this just exactly. seems, uh, it gets shorter and shorter. People aren't playing that big man position. But it'll be cool to see. I hope that we'll see you in the NBA this next year. Thank you, man. Yeah, I really you know, that's hope. the goal. That's that's my hope too. And yeah. you know, like I said, you know, that's the that's what I'll be working for. Yeah, man. Tell us a little bit about what it was like. I mean, you've got school, you've got full time basketball. I don't know if you were working. I mean, I can't imagine the amount of hours you guys were putting in. Yeah, you know, for me towards like, you know, maybe this last year and maybe you know, the year before, you know, the school starts to get you know, you start getting the hang of what you can get away with, what you can't get away with and I only had one class this semester, two classes last semester. So, you know, this last season was a little easier for me and, you know, gave me opportunities to, you know, get my rest and, and work out. But, you know, those first yeah. couple of years were definitely rough figuring out time management, how to balance everything. You know, you got school, you got practice, you got waste, you got extra work, you got film. Then you got to do study hall. Then you got to finish all your homework. And you also, you know, you want to have, you want to enjoy college life. You know, mm-hmm. you're still in college. You only go to college once and, like an average day, you know, you wake up in the morning, early in the morning, two coaching staff. So, you know, they're both a little different. But uh, during that time, we would practice in the morning around 730, 7 o'clock. So, you know, you would get up around 530. And, you know, those cold days were never fun to get up to. Oh, yeah. Go to class probably right afterwards and then come back from class to, to weights. You know, some people might have more weights or, you know, more class or, you know, then you have study hall for, you know, we had to get, I think, 10 hours a week in the AC. So you have to do that. And then, you know, so you'd wake up at five 30 and, you know, you probably wouldn't get back to like 7 PM wow. on the daily. And then by that yeah. time you're just freaking, you know, you're, you're worn out, you're done. You know, you want to get some sleep, you know, you want to, you want to enjoy some time at the dorms or, you know, time with your roommates. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those things you had to work on, you know, time management and balance. That's crazy stuff. Well, you know, I know you got a chance to get out a little bit. I mean, I think the first time, like I actually, met you was at the theater we went and saw well i mean we were at different show times but we were all seeing black panther kind of ran oh into yeah you. yeah that was that's a couple of years ago already but i mean at least you guys get to get out a little bit i mean did you have you were talking about just enjoying life and stuff i mean did you guys get to go do fun stuff enough yeah you know during the week you you usually don't have free time you know i registered when i first got here so i kind of i had a little extra time than some other guys to you know enjoy my free time because you know i didn't have to worry about the practices that much because you know i was just sitting on the sideline or you know i didn't have to worry about playing you know in two days but for me i was a really focused dude i hardly ever went out during the season i wanted to be on top of my game and you know going out didn't help me do that and you know some guys are able to do that and you know perform well but you know i know i know my body i know myself so Maybe I didn't get to go out as much, you know, looking back at it as much as, you know, I wanted to or maybe I, I could have. You know, there's definitely weekends where I was like, ah, I'll stay home or, you know, do all that. But I knew what I what I wanted to do. And I think it was definitely worth it. I think it's it's interesting you say that, you know, like you knew your body. And so you were just kind of like, yeah, you know, if I go out, I, I'm going to hate myself tomorrow kind of thing. 
I would I would probably wager to say that like hardly anybody actually pays attention to their body like that. <laughs> I was always one of those guys that I, I'm I was not able to just to eat pizza and eat wings and still have a six pack or you know feel good the next day. Like I was one of those guys that had to eat good. I had to get my sleep. I had I couldn't do this and that. Like I just know my body and yeah. you know I wasn't able to you know just slack off like that. Well, I think it's a good lesson for any of us, man. Even like everybody's trying to stay healthy right now and stuff like that. And I'll tell you, like the, the stress and the anxiety can get to anybody and, you know, being kind of shut in and not being able to get out and kind of do what we normally do. And even in the winter, you know, when you're not able to get outside as much because it's too cold or whatever, I think listening to your body is really important. So did you learn that from your family or was that something you just kind of learned by yourself or what? Rubbed off of me, you know, just being an athlete and my dad was a pro coach, you know, mm-hmm. college coach when I was growing up. So you know, I would see what kind of food they have in the locker room, what kind of food, you know, the kids were getting and, you know, what they're eating. And, you know, my parents never just ate bad either. You know, it was mostly steak for me. I could eat steak all day, every day. <laughs> Even like when I wanted to go to Chick-fil-A or, or Cane's, you know, my mom always says, you know, oh, do you really want to go there? That's bad for you, <laughs> this and that. And yeah. you just get that stuck in your head and then you just kind of, you know, grow from it. And you start doing more and more research on, you know, what, what all that stuff, type of stuff does to your body and, and how it makes you feel. Yeah, that's true, man. I know. And I, there was a time where it's like, you know, I could eat whatever, just, you know, I didn't even notice it, but then you start to realize like, wait, what am I doing to myself now? Yeah, granted, exactly. I, I didn't play sports, you know, professionally. I mean, I play, I've always played basketball my whole life and, you know, and I still do and stuff, but it's more of those, like, I don't have to get out on the court to perform. So, you know, for me, it's not as much of a mandate, but then you start to realize like, all right, what's this doing to me? How am I feeling? You know, what's it doing right. to my immune system and that kind of thing, too. And it's so funny how many people are like, oh, you know, sleep's overrated. You know, you can sleep when you're dead. And I'm like, no, I got to have at least eight hours a night. But man, it's like, you know, sleep is so important. And I just think we undervalue it way too much. I used to in high school, man, I used to go to sleep at nine, ten o'clock. Wow. You know, when I first got there, you know, it was nine. It was ten o'clock. Yeah. Now, oh, you can't get me to go to sleep before 12 o'clock. <laughs> It's the craziest thing. It's just like my body just is just used to it. I try to get seven, eight hours a day. Yeah. You know, I can, it depends on how my mindset is when I wake up. If I get less, you know, sometimes I can be like, oh, I'm good. And sometimes you're like, you feel it like, oh, it's going to be a long day. Yep. Or you wake up, you're like, man, I can't wait to go back to sleep. Yeah. So, you know, you, <laughs> you kind of just wake up and, you know, it's all, it's all really a mindset in my opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, but the body's still got to heal. I mean, they, they talk about the oh, physical yeah, and the mental sure. healing side of th- or the, what is it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's the brain healing and the body healing that takes place in your, what is it? REM sleep. I don't remember sleep, it all. Yeah. Now. They have, yeah, I uh, think it is REM sleep. Yeah. There's like, I think the first half of the night rejuvenates your body. And then the second half of your sleep, it rejuvenates your brain. There's, there's some cool science behind it that I heard. Well, so they were talking a lot about like Alzheimer's patients too in this, this okay. science study I heard. And they were saying like, if you want to, you know, do whatever it takes to avoid Alzheimer's and dementia, get your sleep. Right. Because your brain gets that regeneration that it needs every night. And if you don't get enough sleep, then you're putting yourself at risk, you know, for higher or higher risk for Alzheimer's when you get older and stuff. And so I just thought, Oh, okay. Message received. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get sleep. No, that's yeah, cool. Get some sleep. If you were to give just some general advice for taking care of your body you know, to all of us, like what, what would you say just in general? Eat a lot of greens. Greens. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Greens, you know, broccoli, asparagus. I, I love greens. Actually, I, I can eat nice. salad. I eat salad all with all my meals and you know, you got to find different type of ways that you can eat them the way you like them. Sure. Try to eat as lean as you can, you know, steak. I've actually, you know, figured out 
as I'm getting older and my body's changing and all that, but you know, steak kind of makes me more heavy now. You know, it's harder to digest when I was younger. Yeah. So, you know, me, I just try to eat as, you know, as, as light and lean as you can, you know, you know, you shouldn't feel full when you're done eating like, oh, like, you know, that stomach ache, you should still yeah. feel like if you really needed to, you could eat more, but you're not hungry. You know, that's where I kind of try okay. to keep my food when I eat. Yeah. I have a really good friend that he's from Chile. Also, he puts on the national team with me. He's played college basketball at Tulane is uh, a freak of nature and <laughs> he's trying out, he's trying out for the NFL. Oh, nice. So he's, he's big time in his body and nutrition. So, uh, you know, I always hit him up and he put me on a meal plan and, you know, he's, he's helping me, you know, understand and figure out type of stuff. So I have, you know, I try to use my resources the best I can. That's awesome, man. Yeah. All right. And then of course, get exercise, get sleep. We talked about that a little bit. Of course. Yeah. 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 All right. Any, uh, any stress management tips? Ooh, that's, you know, that's the hardest one is, is the stress. Especially, you know, being a college athlete, you know, half the stress is put on you, we put on ourselves and half the stress is, you know, the coaches or, yeah. you know, you feel from the fans and, you know, you have to perform and you want to perform, you know, that's really what it is. It's not like we want to go out there and we want to screw up or we want to have oh, yeah. two points and two rebounds, you know, yeah. we all want to have 30 points and 20 rebounds, <laughs> but you know, those, you know, those type of games that, you know, it happens and, you know, that's where the stress comes from. And, you know, I had a lot of ups and downs, you know, a lot of adversity within, mm-hmm. you know, the program and all that, but also within myself, you know, confidence is a huge thing, you know, stress and all that. It happens. It happened to me. And, you know, I'm saying you just got to find ways. You got to talk to people. You got to talk yourself out of it. You know, get back in the gym, you know, find that love for the game again and build up that confidence. And, uh, you know, for me, I'm a religious person. So, I, you know, go back to God and, you know, pray to God and talk mm-hmm. to him and just continue to just do that and, you know, work through it. And you just also got to remember, it's just a game. 15 years from now, when I go back to Colorado State, they're not going to remember the game where I had five and four points. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They might not even remember the game where I had 28 and 20. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but they're going to yeah. remember you as the, as the person yeah. that you are and the person that you perceive yourself as a player on and off the court. So I think that's the most important thing. You just got to have fun with it. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of life is a game, to be honest. So I played basketball. I'm a musician. I'm an entrepreneur. Every one of us have just been kind of like, you know, even even like running your own business is sort of a game. I mean, it really is, right. you know, and being a musician, it's like, but it all comes back down to, I think, and you even mentioned this though, there's passion and there's confidence. In fact, I know this in basketball that it's like, no matter how much that I have my skill up and like one of my strengths was three point shooting. I, uh-huh. I, I just, I just, I used to do like eight in a game kind of thing, you know, and it was fun, right? Well, if you're not there mentally, if you're not confident in it, you're going to miss your shots, even though you know you can right. normally hit those. So yeah, a lot of it's just a mind game, which is crazy. You know, talents there, the right. skills there. And it's the same thing in music too. It's like, if I am afraid that I'm going to mess up this section, you know, I play piano. So if I'm going to mess up this section, then like I almost certainly will mess that section up because I'm afraid I'm going to versus like, if I'm like, right, yeah, right. I got this, I'm going to make it. And then you just do it and you're fine. It's the weirdest yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, like I said, being a fan, you hear the comments from people around you and you know, you can usually tell those who have played basketball because their comments are a little more intelligent. <laughs> and then right. Yeah, for sure. The other people, it's like they just watch the sport. They're the armchair, you know, coaches kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you talked about you had your ups and downs and stuff. And of course, every team does. Every every player right. does. You mentioned LeBron. I mentioned Kawhi. If you're to take right. both those guys, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, they are what I like to call finishers. Not only are they incredible, you know, basketball players, incredible athletes, but they know how to finish games. They know how to win games when they need to. Not everybody has that skill, of course. In fact, you know, being a Suns fan, that's something I think the Suns are missing is that 
they don't have as much. I love Devin Booker. He's amazing. I don't think he's a finisher. Not yet. Anyway, you know, he could be. So my whole thing is like when you think about, you know, games that you should have won, for example, and you didn't like what causes you to lose those games usually because it's not talent. You know, the talent's obviously there. Is it usually mental? Like, is that kind of the main thing or I'm just kind of curious. I think a lot of it is mental. I mean, talk about LeBron and you got to think about LeBron at the beginning of his career. You could say that maybe he wasn't the best closer. Sure. You know, the Miami Heat in the you know 2011 finals against the Mavs. They were supposed to dominate the Mavs. You know, Mavs literally had Dirk. You know, I was a you know Dirk fan, Mavs fan, so I was you know, yeah. and I'm big LeBron fan. So, you know, I I watched that series a lot closer. But you know, what I'm saying it's one of those things that you got to put yourself in those type of moments. You know, yeah. you learn better, you learn the best by being in those moments and learning from those moments to be a closer. I think Kawhi, you know, Kawhi got so lucky to be with Greg Popovich and yeah. Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker, all those guys that have done it. So he was able to, you know, learn from them and see it firsthand. And it's just, it's a lot of mental and there's a lot of confidence and just knowing that you can do it. So you think that learning to be a finisher, a closer in general is like, I mean, do you think that's kind of like one of the big traits when it comes to, you know, being a good, a good ball player and stuff like that? I'm just curious, like what, what sets a good player apart? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different things that go into basketball. You know, you oh, got sure. to, of course. You know, I wasn't the most probably, I guess you said the most talented kid coming out of high school, but you know, I worked hard and did everything the right way. And you know, some people are more talented than other people. Some people have a different type of mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just a bunch of different things that go into it. But you know, you got to have the love for the game and the heart for the game to you know be good at something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious because I think this is something we can all learn in, in life, whether you're playing basketball or you know doing something else in life. Because it's like people always say, like, you know, why, why did a team, you know, lose a game? Why did a team win a game? You know, kind of thing. And I know you brought up the, you know, the Mountain West uh, against Wyoming, but it's easy to look back and say, oh, you know, we should have won against that team. But at the same time, look at Wyoming did. I mean, they they went on this crazy like explosion and like won these games and almost beat Utah State, and everyone was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> where did this team come from? So. What caused the game to lose, you know, that you should have won, you know, in general life? Like what causes us to lose in life where we should have won? You know, there's different reasons why we won. You know, I could have played better. You know, everybody could have played better. And everybody, you know, everybody knows that. And everybody, sure. if you go ask anybody on the team, they'll say the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, we haven't been in that situation. You know, it's win or go home. Yeah, that's true. So the pressure's high. Pressure's high. Yeah. It's a lot of these guys first, second time going through, going to Vegas, Mount yeah. West tournament. Yeah. You know, we had this great year. So it was a lot of, you know, this win, you go home, your season is done or it could be done. Or if you yeah. win this game, we could be in this tournament. If we don't win this game, we're not going to be in this tournament. So there's a lot of different, you know, expectations, different yeah. pressures sure. that go into it. And I think, uh, you know, you just one of those things that, you know, you just got to learn from it, yeah. you know. I was, you know, I was able to, you know, play in the Mount West Championship my very first year. Yeah, that just helped me throughout. Sure. I mean, like I said, regardless of of what happened in that Wyoming game, you know, I, you know, Sarah and I, and and you know, some of the fans that I know are are super proud of what happened over the year. You know, it was just it was neat to see that. And I, you know, going into the year, I think, of course, I don't think anybody really knew what was going to happen. But of course, you know, you've got your sports analysts that are like, well, you know, we're predicting maybe fifteen wins. You know, you guys way surpassed that. So that was awesome. I think a lot of people were very right. surprised to see how quickly you grew. But that was something that I thought was interesting. You know, as a as a team in general, it's like, you know, you started off, you won some games, you went to Duke. Of course, that I mean, I got to imagine like that had to have been just a really hard game to go into because you're up against. I think Duke was number four rated at the time that you guys played. And then, of course, you've got those insane fans 
you know, they're, they're kind of like brutal <laughs> in general. Right. But I just thought, man, you know, on one hand, that was crazy. I got to tell you, you know, what you guys did in that first half was amazing though. And I think a lot of people were like, whoa, who's this team? Like they almost took down Duke in the first half. Like this is incredible. But then of right. course you guys learned a lot. And that's what was amazing is that after that game, you know, you were still trying to get to know each other. There's a lot of new, a lot of new teammates. And then it's like, you guys surged. It's like you learned, you, you learned a lot, you know, you applied a lot and all of a sudden those things started to come together and gel. And I was watching like almost every one of you on the team just get better and better every single game, which is really, in my opinion, very rare to see. Usually you see a team kind of, they're either good or they're bad, but you don't see that level of rapid improvement often. So it's so cool. I took a risk this season and, you know, I could have went out there and be like, oh, no, I gave you the ball this time. I want the ball 24-7. Every time I get the ball, I'm shooting it. I'm doing this and that. But, yeah. you know, two sophomores and two, you know, two freshmen started with me. And, you know, I took that role of leadership more serious than, you know, numbers. 13 and 11, you know, is still great. But those 20 wins and, you know, just making sure this program's, you know, going out on the right foot is, is what means a lot more to me. And, you know, I was just, it was just so cool seeing how everybody grew and how everybody got better and how everybody was connecting on and off the court yeah. and how we just continue every single game and every single day in practice, just continually get better and just have fun while we were doing it. Well, it was obvious you did that. It's easy to see someone, you know, we've talked about some NBA players and, and stuff like that, but there are NBA players that would not have done what you did. You know, they, yeah. They would have the stats you had during your junior year. You know, you're like, you're, you're the number one rebounder in the entire NCAA. And they would go into their next year trying to beat that record because that's what right. they would want. They would be very selfish about it. That was amazing to see. Everyone's like, well, he's not getting as many rebounds. And it's like, well, yeah, because he's being, he's being selfless. He's giving the ball to other people. And I think once people kind of realize that's, that that's what you're doing. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, wow. Who does that? Like, <laughs> who actually doesn't care about his stats as much and, you know, tries to make the team better. So good job. Right. Man. That's yeah, a, man. that's a huge character. I got to tell you, I hope the scouts saw that. I hope they saw that yeah. you're not just about numbers that you're about making your team better. I don't know like how it works as far as like, who's the captain, you know, and all that good stuff. But it seemed to me like you were pretty much like the, the leader and the mentor of the team. I was, a, I guess you could say three, your captain or whatever you want to call it. I knew it was going to be one of those things that I wanted to be the cornerstone and want to be one of those guys where, you know, in five years when we're, you know, hopefully not think we can be, you know, begin ranked to make an NCAA tournament and, and, and fighting for, you know, finishing first in the Mount West and winning championships, you know, hopefully they'll remember me as one of those guys that it's what started to continue yeah, this, you know, tradition. Absolutely. I think they will, regardless of what happens. I think they'll remember what you did there. You mentioned that your first year you redshirted. And by the way, for, for those of you who don't know what redshirting is, that's basically when you, you sit out from playing for a season, but you maintain your four-year eligibility. You're still a student. So technically, you were at CSU for five years, but you played for right. four. So you did that for the first year. And then, of course, you played the next four years. Well, it was your junior year, but your redshirt sophomore year that the whole unfortunate time happened at CSU. I'm not going to go into details, but the gist is this. The former CSU basketball coach was asked to step down. And unfortunately, you know, caused a bunch of turmoil and of course, negative, negative effect on the program. Several of the team left for other schools. There are some great guys. I, I still miss them, man, that that took off and I was hoping they'd stick around and it's too bad that they left, but I hope everybody's in a good place now. At one point though, you were even saying like, I'm considering other schools right now. You, you received a bunch of offers and then you 
ultimately decided to stay at CSU, which by the way, I'm so, I'm so thankful for that man. Yeah. And not just because you're a great ball player, but like I said, because of who you were and that legacy that you left for CSU. And I think, I think the school needed you. Why did you decide to stay? I decided to stay because of the coaching staff, honestly, Coach Medved and, and JR and Ali and Thor and Aaron and all them. And, you know, I wanted to leave a legacy, you know, somewhere where I could come back and however often and hopefully all my records will still be there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, show my kids that and, you know, just be able to, uh, you know, be part of the Fort Collins and Colorado State community forever and, you know, be able to call it a home and just leave that legacy of where people remember you. You know, that's one of the other reasons why I wanted this day. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Did you happen to have any offers that you were kind of like, ooh, this would be hard, hard to say no to? <laughs> you know, Ohio State, Kentucky, LSU, Vanderbilt, Wisconsin, Western Kentucky, Oklahoma. So I had a bunch of, you know, schools hit me up and the grass is always greener, yeah. you know, and I, I feel like I made the right decision. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Grass is not always greener. That's a that's a good life lesson <laughs> for any of us. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Now, I know there was a lot of change and stuff like that. And, and I mean, I, I'm really sorry you guys had to go through everything that I only saw it from the outside. I fully, fully believe that what we were given information wise was probably not 100% true. There was a lot right. of speculation and a lot of rumor and a lot of, you know, sensationalism done by the media, which again, I, I don't believe in that stuff. And it just bothers me. And what really upset me, I think more than anything is that I don't know what happened with the coach. What really actually happened? I, I don't need to know. But for me, it was like, I just felt really bad for you guys. You know, the stuff, how it was hurting you guys. And, you know, I'm thinking like, you guys are innocent college students. You know, you, you don't need to be going through this kind of crap, you know? And so I felt really bad for you guys. But like I said, I'm just glad you you chose to stay through that. And, you know, I know you, we were talking about stress earlier. I mean, I can't imagine the stress that was going on with you. I'm sure you guys just wanted to be like, just leave us alone, man. And just let us do our thing and play. It was definitely a crazy little time. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. But you overcame it, man. Yeah, of course. You know, it's the part of life. You know, you got to grow, you got to overcome stuff and yeah. and continue to become the man you are. What was going through your mind when it came to the legacy that you wanted to leave specifically? Everybody wants to be one of the greatest and that's what I wanted to do. I want to be, you know, frank with it. I wanted to be one of the greatest ever to play at Colorado State. Nice. Become the man I am. Be able to, like I said, come back here in a couple of years and, and show all my kids like, hey, your dad was a stud, you know, even though they might not believe me or... <laughs> Whatever yeah. it is, but you know yeah. I, that's how I was as a kid. You know, my mom, oh, I scored this many points in high school, and my dad, I did this. Ah, who cares? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But you yeah. know, so one of those things I could show my kids and just continue just to you know come back to the community and hopefully one day when I'm done playing, I get into coaching and you know hopefully one of my stops will be Colorado State. There you, you know? go. So it's one of those things also. Yeah, come coach here, man. It'll be awesome. Yeah, I know you'll be welcome back anytime in the community, man. So and when you come back too, you have to get on the show locally when we can actually hang out in the studio. Yeah, for sure. No, that'd be, that'd be fun, definitely man. fun. Even though like you want to show your kids and you want to leave a legacy and you want to be remembered and stuff. I know you're doing it not just for yourself too. You know, my friend Bryce. Is that the kid that uh, wears your jersey? Yeah, yeah. You okay, know, you're, you're, uh, everybody's wondered like, wait a minute, that's that's like Nico's old jersey. What What is that? It was freshman year, my redshirt freshman year playing and it was a game after the orange out mm-hmm. where Emmanuel hit the game winner. You know, I, I came back ap- after we went to the locker room after we won and he was out there. He took a picture with me and, you know, kind of just started to, you know, he continued to take pictures with me after the games. And then he started making me signs. And oh, then nice. I started, you know, after the games, saying hi to him, gave him a hug. And it started, you know, just everything evolved over time. And last August, we got new jerseys. So I was able to keep my old jerseys. And I went to his birthday party at uh, Dave and Buster's or something nice. like that. And 
you know, I gave him my jersey as you know as a birthday present. You know, when I was a little kid, um, my dad coached at Clemson and then coached you know the MLS with the Columbus Crew and FC Dallas. So you know, I was that little kid who loved sports, who loved soccer, who knew every single guy on the team and in the league, and I followed it to to, to everything. And you know, I was a huge fan, and you know, be able to go into locker rooms and 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 talk with players and nice and and you know, just being able to have that you know relationship with my dad and you know with the players is something yeah. that I wanted to you know give Bryce and you know a bunch of other kids or or families you know the best of my ability. That's so cool. I was a kid when my parents would take me to the Phoenix Suns games and. I got to meet a bunch of those guys, which was amazing. But I was always the kid too. It's like, oh, I want a jersey, you know, and, and jerseys. Yeah. I think they kind of got popular for sale within. I mean, it's been within the last, I don't know, like 10 years or so. I don't think they were really mm-hmm. available to the public much before that. But I was always like, I want a jersey. And of course, you just couldn't get them when I was a kid, you know. So one of the things that Colorado State does is like they have a little surplus area. And so like whenever okay. athletics gets real rid of the old jerseys, you know, you can buy them because you're not allowed to get them. I don't think otherwise, unless like you give them to someone. I think it's, I don't yeah, know what I it is. Stole them. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you can't, can't they come after you for that? Not now. I'm not doing an athlete anymore. There you go. So you took them all home. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, every, like when we have the orange outs or when we have like state pride and I know we're only wearing that jersey once. Yeah. yeah they're going home with me. Totally, man. That's the way they should. Well, and yeah. here's the thing. They got your name stitched and what are you going to do otherwise? Throw them away? Yeah, exactly. They can't sell them. So there you go. You should take them. That's awesome. We had the the throwbacks that I, I still want to be oh, able to get my hands on. So yes. I'll try to get my hands on those. Those are awesome. Yeah. I know when you guys came out in those, I'm like, oh, now those are cool. Those are neat. Yeah. You know, I appreciate though that CSU's done so much with jerseys because again, like, I don't know if a lot of people care about those, but again, I'm a huge fan of that. I love jerseys in general. For me, like having a home and away jersey is too boring. You know, that's what's cool about Under Armour is that, you know, CSU was the only college in Colorado that got to, I'm not, it might have been the only college general, right? That got to do that actual state pride, which, you know, has the Colorado flag on it. And yeah, that's definitely really cool. You know, I do. I mean, that just helps, you know, get fans to the, you know, state pride game or it's an orange out game exactly. or it's a throwback game. You know, people, fans and students especially get really yeah. big into that. So. Yeah. So Orange Out, by the way, for those of you who don't know, is is a harken back to the, what was it, the 40s through the 60s, back when Colorado State University used to be the Aggies and had orange and green as the colors. And so right. the, the jerseys were orange. Yeah, it was, those are fun games, man. And seeing everybody yeah. wearing orange in the in the stadium was or in the, in the arena, that's just so awesome, dude. Yeah, it was definitely a, it was a fun time. Bryce was his name? Bryce, yeah. Yeah, so he basically was just a big fan and you know, showed up and then oh, that's, that's really neat, man. That kid got a cool gift. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. There's even more of your legacy, man. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is just because there's a lot of ball players out there and some of them are cool and some of them are all about themselves and some of them just kind of like whatever. And then you've got the guys like you who are just like, you know, this is a genuinely cool person who not only is good at basketball, but does <laughs> stuff beyond himself for others. And like I said, you don't see it very often. So total separate thing. But a friend of ours just got accepted into our local police. And so he's going through the academy and he's one of those really good men. And you just go, you know what? You have an opportunity to go in, be a policeman and actually like help others and not let the power go to your head or do something kind of stupid. Like you can genuinely change lives in your position now that a lot of guys don't. They get into the police force. Some some do great jobs. You know, it, it, anywhere you go, right? Some there's always the bad apples, 
But right. this guy in general, I was like, you have an amazing opportunity to change lives and change the world around you. And right. I feel like that's what you have done. And that's what you have a chance to continue to do, you know, in your future. And so that's mm-hmm. why I wanted you on the show, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course, man. All right. Any uh, any last encouragement you have for, for us to unleash our superheroes? Hey, man, you know, through ups and downs, through, you know, rock bottom, there's always a way to get back up. And, yeah. you know, you, you got you to gotta find it within yourself. You know, no one's going to do it for you or no one's even going to guide you. You got to think about it. As you know, if you're going to do it, you got to do it within yourself and, you know, just find a way. I appreciate that, man. Tenacity, mindset, perseverance, all that good stuff. Nico, thanks so much, man, for being on the show. I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. I hope you enjoyed that. It was encouraging. Just a lot of fun. And for those of you in the Colorado, northern Colorado area who are CSU basketball fans, I hope you enjoyed this as well. A little, uh, little personal touch for you guys. But for the rest of you all around the world, I hope this was inspiring to you and also just absolutely fun to listen to. So thank you so much for joining us here. Show notes will be over at realbryanshow.com slash 233. You can learn a little bit more about Nico, all that good stuff. And of course, I would love to connect with you. My social media contact is all on there as well. So, hey, thanks for listening. And if you have not already, please subscribe to The Real Brian Show. Friday episodes are just absolutely crazy and fun. We have a good time. We love variety here at The Real Brian Show. That's our personality. That's the personality of the listeners here. We like to talk about a variety of things. You know, we're not all about one topic. And so if you're new to the show and, you know, listening because of Nico and you're like, oh, it's really fun. We do interviews. We do interviews on Monday. We talk to really, really amazing people. Fridays, like I said, we just totally nerd out on whatever we're having fun with and whatever we're enjoying. That's the spice of life. Come join us and have a good time. End your week, right? You know what the music means. It's time to go. I hope you have a really, really good rest of your day, though. Have a great week. I know there's a lot of stuff going on right now, and I hope you can rise above it just like Nico has done throughout his career. I hope you can smile and have some positivity, but know that uh, we're with you as well. We got your back here at The Real Brian Show. But thanks for listening. We'll see you on Friday. Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.